0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Ref6 Weekly. Um, we are going to be going through a ton of interesting refereeing incidents from the Premier League this weekend and the start of this season's Champions League. As always, I'm joined by my hosts, Riman and John. How are you guys doing? All right. Very good. <laughs> Good, good, Um, Rimmon's a little bit upset because obviously uh, Manu didn't have the best of weeks in the Champions League. And for those who are just joining us, my name's Hassan and I am the host of the show. So, um, what we normally do is go through a few different pieces of news in the refereeing world, and there's a few this week. So, uh, in France, in Liga, um, Bordeaux's match um, was. Um, actually undertaken or officiated by a Portuguese referee. So the French League and the Portuguese League have done a, an exchange. Um, so that's pretty pretty interesting to see some of the top leagues exchanging referees so those referees can get experience in different countries, etc. Um, where if you could get to go and referee in a different country, where
1: would you pick? I didn't think about that, but <laughs> uh, i will probably go to a country where they speak English. Okay, it's gonna be easier, I guess. Yeah, uh, John, otherwise, if I go to Spain, I would probably have a hard time explaining the rules. In Spain. Yeah, but, uh, John, what about you?
2: Um, if we talk about quality of football, I'd like to go to Spain, but if not, it'd be America for me. I think okay. the American circuit looks quite fun.
0: I, I would actually pick a place where they didn't speak English, I think it would be quite interesting to test yourself. In terms of managing a game where they couldn't understand a word you were saying and you have to do it with body language i think that would be but, really cool but, but
1: there are these exchange po- uh, programs because i know mm-hmm. a guy going to singapore and refereeing there and he thinks it's amazing so
0: yeah 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 no shout out to tournaments abroad and uh, daniele who uh, who arrange referees to go and referee in refereeing tournaments all over the world so um really cool um in the nfl Um, There was a really big achievement this year. Maya Chaka became the first black woman referee to officiate an NFL game. So kudos to her. Amazing to see the NFL um, promoting um, female referees and women uh, and referees from from different backgrounds. So uh, amazing to see. And then in terms of our own English officials, this uh, week saw the return of the Champions League and both Antti Taylor and Michael Oliver's teams from the Euros, uh, who, who did a fantastic job in the Euros this summer, both officiated in the Champions League this week. Antti Taylor uh, officiated uh, Dinamo Kiev against Benfica. And Michael Oliver got probably the biggest game of the round, which was Bayern Munich against Barcelona. So um, great to see the teams going out and officiating in Europe. So let's start with delving into some of the major incidents from the Premier League and then we'll go into the Champions League straight after but in terms of the Premier League um, we've, you know, there was quite a few different incidents happened this week a few red cards, a few offsides, a few penalties but we've picked out the ones that we think um, are the ones that we can learn the most from or we can talk a lot about so the key one of the biggest decisions happened in this early kickoff on Saturday um there was a challenge put in by a Leeds player on Harvey Elliott who ended up it seems breaking his uh leg or ankle and he's had surgery and hopefully he recovers well um this was a really interesting incident not from because of the injury but because the challenge seemed to be the referee had basically allowed play to continue but um Once the incident was, uh, the injury was kind of deemed to be really serious, play was stopped. And actually, the Leeds player was then shown a red card for the challenge. Um, So I'm going to go around the houses and start with you, John, on this as a Liverpool fan. What are your thoughts on firstly the challenge and then actually how the decision uh, came about that a red card should be shown?
2: But it seemed a bit weird because I watched it live and the challenge went in and none of us thought really too much of it and it seemed a bit of a bizarre one that the play had stopped but we looked like Salah had called the trainer on straight away, so he looked like it was a serious injury and you know the only reason I can see it being a red card is because he's come from behind and he looks like he's left the floor so he's out of control um, so he's not in control and that would be my really and he's endangered the safety of an opponent would be the only tick boxes so for serious foul play. Um, but because he's left the ground and got in from behind, he, you know, that would be the reason. But it wasn't like he's deliberately done it on purpose. He's not gone in with intent. The speed's not that much or fast. You know, I've, it ticks a few boxes, um, but it's a red card that you'd probably be like, oh, that's, it looks harsh because it doesn't tick all the boxes.
1: Yeah.
0: and it And it seems that um or well, i saw some people saying that the red card was shown after the referee had seen the injury and therefore deemed it to be a red card but what it looks like is the fourth official who has had the best view of the incident has relayed some messaging to the referee to say this was a red card challenge and that's where it was given and there was no var um var intervention in the initial awarding of the red card and obviously they did they allowed it to um to Stand. There was no clear and obvious area Roman, what, what, what were your thoughts on the challenge?
1: Well, uh, personally, I don't think there was a red card. I only think he gave the red card because of the injury, oh. which in the end I think is fine. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I, if he didn't break his leg or ankle, would we have seen a red card? If I have to answer it myself, no, I don't think so. Uh, maybe maybe a yellow card. But as you said. It's like he let the play continue and only stopped it because uh, they were gathering around earlier and saying, hey, stop the play, there's an injury. So, personally, I don't think it's a red card. Um, uh, it's a tiger from behind. Um, so, it's not that serious. I don't think it's that serious, again. So, no, I don't think it's a red card, but only a red card because of the injury. So,
0: Fair enough. Definitely, definitely a foul and a yellow for sure. Yeah, uh, as a minimum.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, red is a possibility. Okay, cool. Later in the game, the Fabinho scored. I think it was the the second goal for Liverpool. Um, and it was quite interesting because there was, um, the ball gone past the goalkeeper, and Mane was standing in an offside position. And I think it was I think it was Rodrigo or one of the Leeds players was on the line and Mane was in the view of the defender, but the ball's kind of gone a little bit to the right of uh, the Leeds defender in, in the back of the net. Some people, they did check this for offside, um, and it was deemed that the goal should stand. Um, so really keen to hear your thoughts on this one. Remon. you want to start?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I hate offsides. Uh, <laughs> and when we and when we have IR, I think... Uh, Where well, they measure and look and everything, we we must go. We must think that it's the right decision, right? Um, I don't, I don't think that's offside. As a short answer, so I think the goal is okay. fine. The goal okay. stands. So,
0: yeah. and, and, and I agree with you. Um, but let's be clear. So Mane is definitely in an offside position. It's just whether or not he's interfering with the Leeds player on the on the on yeah, the yeah. line. And I actually think there's two right decisions here, depending on the reaction of the Leeds player. So if you watch the the, the goal, the Leeds player basically shrugs his shoulders, he looks down, and he's just disappointed that the goal's gone in. Uh, and therefore, if you award an offside, it's a little bit of a surprise to give the offside. Whereas if if the Leeds player, as soon as that goal goes in, puts his hand up and starts saying, "Well, I've been impeded," I, I've uh, you know, he's impeded me from getting the ball. I think that's when it becomes offside because it's clear that Mane has actually then interfered with, with, with the, the lead. It's, um, it's uh, uh, line of vision. John, what do you think on that? Am I uh, oversimplifying it there? Should we look at play reaction in, in this, this, this kind of scenario?
2: Yes, I know. We speak about it a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we speak about it a lot. About player expectations and what is the expectation of football? Um, I personally don't think the Leeds player knows the or may not know the rules that much because obviously the goalkeeper's in front of him, isn't he? So he might just think goalkeeper's in front of me can't be offside, and as a lot of players do think that they forget that if they swap places with the goalkeeper, it's the second rearmost defender. Because when you referee, you always hear it's the last defender. So and that's still now so. Essentially, that's a lack of knowledge from like the defenders part um however I still think that even if the player started screaming and shouting there's no nothing really in there for me because the ball is hit at about a thousand miles an hour unless he has supersonic reactions I don't think he's saving it or stopping it anyway and Mane I think does his best to get out of the way um so, but I think the ball was struck so quickly. I don't think it would really made too much of a difference. It's hit from what, maybe eight yards out and it's fired in. I don't think there's really any chance of them saying, even if Mane was basically on top of him, he was getting it anyway.
0: No, that's fair. That's, that's a good point. Um, so let's move on. Let's move on to a red card that happened in the Spurs-Crystal Palace game. Um, Tanganga had basically been sent off for two yellow cards. And there's a couple of things I want to talk about. So the first yellow card was for um, basically fouling Zaha and getting up and pushing him and, and a start of a mass confrontation. So uh, John Moss, the referee, gave a yellow card to both Tanganga and Zaha. I saw some people saying maybe that should have been a red card in itself. Um, but let's, let's talk about that. And then the second was a minute or two later, for a for a challenge um for a quick challenge um a reckless challenge. So that yellow card in itself seemed correct, seemed pretty stupid for him to go in straight after being yellow carded. And obviously his head is he's lost his head at that point. But should the first incident of mass confrontation that that started with Zaha should have that led to a red or was it managed well by the referee in that in that instance? I
2: think It depends what... Obviously, we don't get what John Masters booked players for. Mm -hmm. or cautioned. Um, So, has he cautioned Tandanga for... Because there's an argument for two yellow cards in that whole situation, isn't there? There's an argument for a yellow card on the foul. Yes, his arm is high, but, you know, it's not malicious intent. He's not used it as a weapon. Fine. Yellow card. And then do you then... Because he's booked Zaha as well. Have you booked them both for adopting aggressive attitude? So therefore, is it a yellow card and a foul and then another yellow card potentially for the ANA? Or what has he done? Has he only booked Tanganga for the adopt an aggressive attitude and not for the foul? So there's an argument for a red card in there because there are potentially two cautionable offences, I think, in there. It's not a straight red in my opinion with the way that they went about it. They were both side by side. I think, you know, it's just misjudged the height of everything. So I think that's the yellow card anyway. Um, and then you potentially could have sent them off straight away for the afters.
0: And I, I think that's a really interesting point because technically, yeah, you could have found two yellow cards there. But football doesn't expect that type. Like, I think he got away with one there, right? In the sense that he got away with the foul and then the aggressive attitude. He yeah. got away with one of them. But at football, it would have looked probably, we were probably having much more of a debate if there was two yellows and a red shown in this particular incident, then
1: what actually occurred? So,
0: what about Euroman
1: Well, I I agree with John on this one here, both uh, on the on the first and the second one. The thing is, um, the referee took the easy way out here, right? Like when something like this happens between two players, the easiest thing to do is just give him a yellow card, uh, and yeah, and move on, right? I I definitely think a minimum a yellow card, Um if it was a punch or not, probably not. But but definitely thing was a yellow card, uh, the first one, and then they got into a small fight, and yeah, then both of them got a yellow card. So I think he did the professional thing, and the easy he took the easy way out, giving a yellow card to each, and let's move on.
0: I, I think I, I agree with you, and I think this is what I would define as safe refereeing. This is like yeah. keeping yourself safe, not causing too much of an issue and uh, and you, you move on from it. So that is perfect. And then on Monday night football, we saw Everton take on Burnley. And this was a really super interesting challenge from James Tarkovsky, um, who basically was in the right back position Richarlison was running down the left. And Tarkovsky's come in flying. I will be able to describe it as flying through. He wins the ball. I think the ball goes into like the 10th throw in the stand and then cleans out uh, Richarlison. So 20 years ago, this would have been an absolutely phenomenal challenge. And actually the referee allows it to go. He gives a throw in. And then different people have talked about well, is this just because he wins the ball? And we've talked about it during the Euros just because you win the ball doesn't mean that you can then take out the player afterwards, right? Or or anything. And Sky Sports, after the game, went into detail on this challenge and talked about should this challenge, should we still allow these types of challenges to happen in the Premier League? So, um, Riman, what were you, did you, you watched it? Yeah. What yeah, were awesome. your thoughts?
1: Well, I was thinking what the referee was thinking about when he didn't give a yellow card then a free kick because yeah. it looked dangerous play. I mean, it was a dangerous play. So I, I, I could understand how he just gave a throw in and let's move on. Mm-hmm. It's definitely minimum a yellow card there. Uh, maybe we could talk about a red card because he's coming in with a high force, legs up, as you were saying, flying. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how he got away with nothing is a mystery for me. Uh, and yeah a lot of people have been discussing this but uh, for me it's a definitely yellow card and a free kick so um, I don't know why he didn't do anything about it so
0: no no that's fair
1: John Um, yeah I think
2: there's an argument of setting your own expectations in terms of what the players expect I had a challenge similar to that on well not similar to that on Monday where a player went in hard won the ball but got the man and you give the free kick because it's safe and then you set the expectation of we aren't allowing that yes you may have won the ball but you've won it too hard or you know that's you've won it in the wrong way and that sets expectations and if the referee didn't want to set his expectations like that and wanted the game to be like how he did then that's fine it's obviously each to their own and it's within the laws for you to be able to do that I personally think it's on the border of a red Um, I'm going to sit on the fence and sit I don't know which way yet. Um, just due to the fact that he's coming quick, you know, his foot isn't grounded and it looks it looks quite high. Um, so you could argue a red, but I think you could give a yellow. But I think the minimum there would probably, expectation is a yellow. A lot of people afterwards have said that, that you know, they expected a yellow.
1: L- last time we had a discussion, another uh, discussion, we had a talk about the three types you, you will... Uh, argue for why giving a yellow or red card or nothing. I I don't remember them in English, but one of them was reckless play, right?
0: Um,
1: and I definitely think this one was up there. So if he didn't think that was reckless, I don't know, I don't know what it is then.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't think it's a red, but I definitely think it's it's a challenge that possibly shouldn't be seen. You know or shouldn't go unpunished. So I think it's definitely a free kick, even though you win the ball, doesn't matter. And I think it's reckless. I think it's a yellow card. Um, but cool. So yeah, lots of incidents. There was other red cards and penalty awards, but those are the ones that I thought were, were interesting of uh, talking about. Um, and there was a few in the Champions League too. So there was a Aaron wan Basaka's red card, which was a stone wall red, in my opinion. I think even Rimmen, who's a uh, avid Man U fan <laughs> 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 would agree to that. Um, but the the my interesting from a, at least from a refereeing standpoint uh, game was the Seville Salzburg game. There were four penalties, um, three to Seville, one to Salzburg. No, the other way around, three to Salzburg, one to Seville. Yeah. Um, two were missed, and one was given by VAR. And actually, all of them were pretty straightforward penalties in my opinion. But the one thing that was super interesting was in the second half, the Seville um, attacker had gone into the box and it's basically like Tom Daly dived uh, to try and win a penalty. He was already on a yellow card. So the referee had a really easy uh, decision to just get the second yellow and send the player off. Um, But what was super interesting about this, this specific incident was the, the, It looked like the Sevilla player was actually in an offside position when he won the ball. And there isn't any conclusive evidence to say that the offside flag had gone up or not. Um, But the Seville bench were moaning that it should have been offside and therefore the yellow card should be rescinded, etc. But from my understanding is, even if the play continues, um, it's only challenges like Dogzo, etc. where if VAR intervenes, and a penalty is awarded, and then it's decided it's not. They're the only ones that will be um, rescinded. It's it's not if it's a reckless challenge or a challenge of simulation, etc. But that was super interesting. Um, but I want to kind of pull out one of the big points from the week, and it was a negative one in terms of English refereeing, but actually also you could say it's a positive one too. So in the late stages of the Dynamo Kiev-Benfica game, Anti Taylor decides to award a yellow card for a reckless challenge to a Kiev player. And for some reason, he obviously thought he'd already booked the player before, but he gave the player a yellow card and then showed him a red card um, for what he would deemed to be a second yellow. And obviously, he hadn't been given a second yellow. To my surprise, there wasn't a huge amount of um, gesticulation from the Kiev players. Uh, it, it was like they didn't even know themselves. Um, but the positive from this was the fact that actually whoever it was out of his team relayed that message back on to, to Anthony Taylor to say, hey, Anthony, we might have made a mistake here. Let's try and correct this now before we have to, um, before something worse happens. So it was a little bit of a negative from the week, but actually I'd like to brush it over with the positive around teamwork. Do you guys have any kind of things like that from your career that's happened that you've uh, been saved by your assistants or you've um, had to save your assistants yourself?
2: Yeah, it happens all the time. Um, I drop drop it all the time, especially in games like we were discussing before the podcast where the intensity isn't high. So I've had a few games in the last two weeks, which if you watch the vlog, you'll find out. Um where the intensity hasn't been that high. and You know, you try and, you try and match it or better it and you don't. And then I think you came to one of the games where I almost didn't give a yellow card and actually the player saved me because he walked up and went, that's a yellow card, isn't it? And I went, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> you know, it's just a lack of concentration or you drop your performance for the game. And, you know, sometimes you just need that person to come up to you and be like, that's wrong, isn't it? And you're like, Yeah, you know what, you're right. And it happens quite a lot if the game is very dull, I would say, and very Mm -hmm. one-sided, is when it happens more than most.
0: But I also think that as referees, we can get, because of the lack of referees, there's a shortage of referees, at least in England, I think it's happening all over the world. um, But this season, we're, we're doing way more games than normal, right? Like we could do a Saturday, a Sunday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, and mentally if you don't have enough time to switch off outside of the games the the games all fall into one they all start to merge into one and you and and keeping focus and concentration levels high um, across those games is difficult anything in your past Roman from a
1: yeah I mean there's a few things to consider here because I mean, if I'm refereeing a Barcelona game, I know probably all the players, right? So I know if I've given a yellow card to, uh, yeah, I don't know, Aguero or who, who else, but um, refereeing grassroots uh, games um, and a, a player have done three tackles, I have to remember that player because that's four others yeah. that's also done a lot of tackles. I have to remember all of that. Um, and sometimes it can, I can get in trouble. Uh, also, the, I had a game Sunday where I gave a yellow cut to one of the players, but um, like after 15 minutes I forgot who it was. Wow. Um, so so I mean it happens sometimes because uh, and I don't you know give and Benfica game on Barcelona or by Munich. so so he just I, maybe there was also a lot of yellow cuts in this game. so he, probably he got a bit confused. referees make mistakes. remember that? Uh, so uh, yeah, it happens. I mean, I think it happens more often than we think. We just don't see it on TV.
0: Yeah, true. There were six yellow cards
1: in a game, so it's possible that
0: that that that's the case. I think there and is. The no funny one.
1: thing he was. The funny thing was pointing when he gave the yellow yellow card and a red card. Right, he was pointing a lot of places, like one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah you' probably mistaken for another player. I don't know. Yeah no 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 cool.
0: Well that that is our roundup of this week's Premier League and Champions League games. Next week we'll be talking about um, a whole host of other incidents and if you guys have any incidents that you want to share with us that um, from your games that, that you want us to talk about or any incidents that you're watching, let us know um, and we will talk about those and and give you our takes. but uh for this week, John, Riman, thank you for your time. And we'll see everyone next week.